Hello, ladies and gents. Welcome to episode one of the Dewa Walk Show, or for my South Sudanese folks who can pronounce it, the Del Walk Show. On this podcast, I'll be interviewing professional soccer players, players playing in the Major League Soccer, the National Women's Soccer League, USL Championship, as well as players playing in Europe, Africa, and across the world. Additionally, I'll be talking to former and current collegiate soccer players with a focus on those that played at the NCAA Division I level. Beyond just the entertainment aspect of getting to know these players and their stories, my hope is that the viewers will be able to learn something, regardless of if you play soccer or sports generally. Through these conversations, I'll attempt to uncover ideas, principles, habits, and life lessons from these high achievers that you could then take and apply to your own life, as the concepts will be applicable to a number of domains. If any of what I just said sounds interesting to you, please follow along on this journey. The show is available on all the major platforms. I'll have the video interviews with my guests on YouTube at the Dio Walk Show, and the audio version will also be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the rest of the other platforms. I'll try to upload a new episode every other week, so twice a month, assuming my day job permits. As I will be asking my guests to share their personal life stories around the game of soccer, I feel that it is only right that I do the same. So this first episode will be about my journey with a beautiful game of soccer, and then on the next episode, I'll have my first guest. As mentioned earlier, my name is Diwa Wok. I am originally from South Sudan. That is where I was born and spent the first eight years of my life. My family then left the country due to the civil war that was going on at the time. And we spent the next few years in a refugee camp in Ethiopia. And then in 2009, we were relocated to Rochester, New York by the United Nations. Arriving in America was such a surreal experience. Um, the level of culture shock um, was unbelievable. From not understanding the language to vast differences in weather, food, and culture, it was a very tough adjustment to make. And it took some time to get acclimated to the new country. But the beautiful game, the sport of soccer, made that transition a lot smoother. And while I had not played soccer prior coming to America, I quickly fell in love with the sport as it was a way for me to socialize with other kids with similar backgrounds as myself. Upon arriving in America, we came across this organization called Mary's Place Refugee Out Center. They are essentially a nonprofit refugee program that provides a number of services for incoming refugees. My siblings and I would go there every day after school and on weekends to get help with learning the English language, on homework assignments, as well as getting to socialize with other kids. It became this melting pot of all these different countries and cultures. And while there was initially some language barrier, we all got along quite well because we we're all coming from similar backgrounds. And even though we all you know, came from different walks of life, the love for the beautiful game of soccer was very common amongst the kids. I remember my first time playing with them and just being blown away by how good these kids were. Guys like Toyi and Laku, went on to become some of the best players in the city and under different circumstances could have potentially gone professional. I can vividly recall Laku doing a bunch of stepovers and a rimba flick. <laughs> the, the kid was, I think at the time, like eight or nine years old, you know, doing a rimba flick. For those not familiar with the sport, there is this very intricate um, skill move where you flick the ball over the defender's head using both of your feet. And that's how good these guys were. Um, and that was the bar for me. I remember thinking, I want to be that good at soccer. 
And so I continued to play almost every day. And my passion and love for the game grew even more as I became a better player. Um, and so fast forward four or five years later, I was starting on my high school team as a freshman. And, and once I was playing um, high school soccer, the next largest step for me was to play college soccer and specifically at the NCAA Division One level. And that was my goal and that was my aim. Um, and something that uh, for me looking to go professional was the, 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 the next move. Uh, I continued to work hard and, and made sure that my grades were also up to par. Uh, I was very fortunate and, and privileged to have been given a scholarship to attend Bishop Kearney, a private high school in Rochester, New York. The scholarship came from the work of Kathy Laboo, the founder of Mayor's Place, and Dr. Dan Kellen, a close family friend. I was super grateful for the opportunity, and so I ensured that I applied myself um, in the classroom as well as on the field. Um, and in regards to college recruiting, I started reaching out to college coaches uh, my junior year of high school. Uh, I emailed about 50 to 70 different coaches, um, most of them within the region, and I pretty much gave them my highlight tape along with some stats from my high school and club seasons. And one of the coaches that got back to me was the Kinesis College coach. He liked what he saw on the tape and invited me to come to an ID camp. Uh, the ID camp went really well, and I was offered the opportunity to join the team shortly after. Going into college, I was super excited to be playing at the Division One level. It was a goal I had been working towards for some time, and I was one step closer to reaching my ultimate goal of playing professional soccer. But the jump from club and high school soccer was quite an adjustment for me, and an adjustment that I struggled with for a number of different reasons. One, you're just playing with better players. Right? They are generally stronger, faster, better technically with the ball, and have a better understanding of the tactics of the game. This leads to increased speed of play. Two, the stakes are higher. You're not just playing for fun anymore. There are thousands of scholarship money on the line. Many of the players had left their families and friends back home to come play college soccer in the U.S. The coaches' jobs and their livelihoods were also on the line. And it be essentially became a job. And for me personally, the dynamic of going from being the senior and captain of my high school team to having started over again as a freshman, along with the fact that I was coming from the lower level of high school soccer compared to most of my peers playing Division One soccer who come from professional academies, um, that, that jump in level made the transition also a bit tougher. And while I struggle um, with confidence for, for the majority of my time while at Kinesis, my college career actually started off pretty well. I can recall um, having a conversation with the coach after the preseason of my freshman year, and he pretty much said, I've been impressed with your performance so far. Um, you have the tools to become a really good Division I soccer player. Um, you're very good at taking players 1v1. You can strike the ball well, and with both feet, uh, you are fast, and you work really hard. Um, the potential for you is high, but there are also areas of improvement. You need to work on your decision-making. You need to limit your turnovers, and you just need to grow physically. I was, I think, 130 pound um, our freshman year. So I was very small. And the soccer is very physical at the college level, uh, more so physical than technical. Uh, and he's like, with that being said, I don't see you um, getting a lot of minutes this year. So I think it's in the best interest for you and the team if you redshirt it. And to redshirt essentially means to not play in games, right? So you can do everything else, practice, travel, all that stuff, but you just can't participate in the game because um, you only get four years of NCAA eligibility and the minute you get a minute of, of uh, playing time you, you use up that year 
And for me, I had done my own analysis of how I perform and stacked up with the other players and had come to the same conclusion myself. And so I was in agreement with the coach. And given, you know, you only get four years of uh, eligibility, it didn't make sense for me to lose a whole year of uh, eligibility, only, you know, getting a few minutes a game. Um, I was, you know, thinking long term and with the ultimate goal of trying to go professional, uh, I would be in a better position in my fifth year um, than I would be if I, you know, wasted that first year, not getting much minutes. But as the season wore on, I started to lose confidence. I would make a mistake, get yelled at for it, and then dwell on that mistake, leading to even more mistakes. It became this very vicious cycle that just fed on itself. And I'll actually give you guys a funny story to, to illustrate. We were playing a small-sided game with three different teams. One of the team ran around the field, uh, so doing some conditioning, while the two teams played. Uh, and so... If you won, you stayed on and played the next team. Um, but if you lost, you went and ran around the field um, for the conditioning aspect of, of the sport. And so my team was playing, and our team, our team captain, who was this, you know, six one, hundred pound, hundred eighty five pound center back from Iceland with the the full beard. Right? So he had the the whole Viking look, and it was quite intimidating, especially from the perspective of freshman. Um, you know, off the field, really nice guy, very reserved, very kind. But on the field, um, you know, it was very competitive. Uh, anyway, he gets on the ball uh, on the left side of the field. Uh, he beats a couple guys. And he plays, he crosses a beautiful ball towards me. I was like five or seven yards from goal. And he did apply some touch to the ball to score the goal. And as the ball is coming towards me, I, I, I remember telling myself, don't mess this up, dude. Uh, I was already struggling with confidence at this point. So I was like, don't mess this up. That was the, that was the only thing on my head at the time. And the ball gets to me, and I remember sliding to tap it in and just missing the whole ball. The ball literally just goes underneath my feet. And the next thing I hear, <laughs> the next thing I hear is our captain off the top of his lungs, what the hell, do? And <laughs> and rightfully so. Um, and, and that's a little glimpse into, I guess, how competitive and, and what the nature is like for me. I missed that chance, that easy chance that you know most people who would play soccer for a few years would, would put away. But I missed that because I was struggling with confidence. Um, and I remember after the, that practice, I just kept replaying that incident in my head uh, long after it happened. And that made the situation even worse. Right? So uh, it pays to have a short-term memory when it comes to dealing with these situations. And unfortunately, I did not. I became a completely different player. I went from wanting to get on the ball and taking players taking players on 1v1 uh, to being afraid of losing the ball and being afraid of making a mistake that I would just, you know, get rid of the ball as soon as I got it. And I essentially became, um, like, unrecognizable for my old self. I, I was hiding. Um, I was in my own head and, and essentially living my ability to to showcase what I can do and to be able to give myself a chance at playing, you know, getting on the starting lineup. Um, my game as a soccer player, you know, I was a winger in, in high school and club, was built on, you know, getting on the ball, taking players on, beating them, you know, cutting inside and scoring or and taking a shot on goal or going to byline and, and crossing in and creating chances for my teammates, right? So that role, you need to be 100% confident in yourself and your ability to go and take the defenders and beat them, right? Um, if you're not confident, you're you're doubting yourself, you're not you're not gonna do well, especially when the competition is it's a lot higher um, as it is in the visual level. Um, and so it became really tough for me to play like myself and to be playing with confidence.
it was a very tough and frustrating time period for me to deal with because I knew I could play a lot better than I was playing. And soccer was such a big part of my life at the time. I had a conversation with a coach about this and he pretty much told me that um, it was up to me right, to, come, to overcome this issue with confidence. Uh, he, I can recall him saying that he couldn't make me become confident. It had to come from within. And as he was saying this, uh, as we were having this conversation, I can remember sitting across from him and, you know, in my head, just thinking, of course you would say that. Of course you would say that. You're the reason for my lack of confidence. So of course you would say that. And what he told me at the time, you know, went in one year and came out the other. It was not until later did I realize that he was absolutely right. Um, I was too focused on blaming the environment that I did not realize the role that I played in the situation. If only the coach and the senior players didn't yell at me every time I made a mistake, I would be playing with confidence. I saw myself as a victim and things were just happening to me. Embarrassingly, it took some time and some serious reflection for me to realize that the environment was not unique to me. All the other players were getting yelled at by the coaches and the senior players every time they made a mistake. And somehow, they were to deal with it. It was just part of the nature of playing competitively at a high level. And I had to work on being, being tougher mentally. It was that simple. I cannot control the external factors, but I did have control over how I reacted to them. After I came to this realization, I started taking initiatives to work on regaining my confidence. I believe this lesson is very applicable to life in general. There's a tendency to blame the environment and the external factors when dealing with difficult situations. It is extremely easy to see ourselves as the victims of the circumstances. While there may be some validity to those feelings, that is not always the most effective way to resolve whatever issue it is that we're dealing with. You can't take steps to address the issue if you do not come to the realization that you have a role to play in it. Going to the next season, I started to focus on the great plays that I made and try my absolute best not to dwell on any mistakes. It's obviously easier said than done, but that was my focus at the time. And, and I started to see things improve. While my confidence was still fragile, the performance started to improve and I became more consistent. I wasn't back to my best yet, but I was playing better and was within shouting distance of the starting lineup. And going to that first game of the, the next season, I did not start, uh, but I was one of the first guys off the bench. I came on third minutes into the first half and we were down by two goals and I get a great opportunity to, get, to cut the goal deficit in half. I was about 15 yards from goal and had a lot of the goal to aim at. Um, I decided to go with inside of my foot, looking to pass the ball to the bottom corner of the net, um, going for a placement of a power. Um, and I unfortunately did not connect well enough and the keeper you know, easily saved the tame shot. And I remember we got into the locker room at halftime and the court just rips into me. Um, and understandably so. It was an opportunity that I should have scored. I can remember him saying, I've seen you score countless goals like that at practice and you just pretty much shut the bed. You're, you can't keep doing this now. Like, and on and on and on. <laughs> I think he spent probably the 10 minutes out of the 15 just, you know, just ripping to me. Um, and I did not play the second half of that game or feature at all in the next few games following that miss. And as, you know, you can imagine, you know, that was a major blow to my very fragile confidence. And I was back to square one. While that episode wasn't fun, I absolutely understand and even emphasize with the coach's situation as he was under a lot of stress going to that season. To provide some context, um, my freshman year, we were really good. We finished the season uh, with a record of 12-4-4, four four, advanced to some of our conference championship, 
and we were ranked top 50 at one point, um, top 50 in the country at one point during that season. And so the next season, we were supposed to even be better as we were only losing a few starters from the previous season. And the the core of the team was returning. We were voted to come first in our conference um, by the coaches. Uh, and so the expectations were quite high. But despite being better, being a better team on paper, we only managed to win four games and failed to qualify for playoffs. A far cry from winning the conference like we were predicted to. As you can imagine, the coach was under a lot of pressure going to that third season. And winning that first game was important to get the momentum going in the right direction. And while I disagree with his reaction to my miss and felt that he could have handled it differently, I very much understand and even sympathize with his situation. At the end of the day, I had a great opportunity to, uh, to score, which I didn't take. And if you don't take your chances, you won't be playing much. It's that simple. On top of realizing the importance of self-accountability, I also learned the importance of building self-confidence from within, something that just went over my head when the coach first told me about it. Um, looking back, my self-confidence going to college was built on external factors. It was my coaches and teammates telling me how good I was. It was me reading by myself in the newspapers. And the issue with relying on external forces for your confidence is that as soon as they go away or otherwise turn negative, your confidence will go with them. And, and so building a solid foundation um, that is built on internal beliefs ensures that you are not relying on other people and ensures that it's not as likely to be um, affected by external forces. Another valuable lesson that I learned was the importance of not having your identity and self-worth be tied down to one domain. I was able to get through this tough period of my life because everything else was going well. I was doing well academically. My newfound search for a career in finance was going well. And my social relationships with my family and friends were great. Even though soccer was a big part of my life and things weren't going according to plan, I was able to manage because the other aspects of my life were going great. Had I solely focused on soccer and that was my whole identity, it would have been tough to deal with mentally. I ultimately ended up playing for two seasons and graduated with two years of eligibility left since I registered my freshman year and COVID-19 had my senior year canceled. There was a mini season in the spring of my senior year, but I got COVID and missed most of the uh, mini season. I, <laughs> I ended up playing my last college game without even realizing it. It was a very weird ending, um, as was that period with COVID. Um, but I was very content because I had a job lined up in New York City and soccer was no longer my main focus. I had stopped pursuing the professional soccer route after my freshman year for three main reasons. One, I wasn't as good as I thought I was. Two, I was struggling with confidence. And even if I overcame this issue and played to my full potential, there were a number of other factors outside of my control. The stars would have to align for me to make it, and I wasn't willing to, to make that risk. Um, the risk return wasn't worth it for me. And thirdly, I wanted to be able to kind of help my family financially and wanted to pursue a career that was more predictable than professional soccer. Going into college, my backup plan, a professional soccer did not work out, was to be an accountant. I was good with math in high school, I knew that accountants were always in demand. But because I was in business school at Canisius, I got to take macro and microeconomics and found these classes a lot more interesting. And so I switched my major from an accounting to uh, macroeconomics and decided to double major in corporate finance as well. I wasn't sure what type of job I wanted to pursue 
with those degrees, but I thankfully stumbled across the role of an investment banker at the start of my sophomore year. Because I was traveling a lot with soccer, I would sometimes miss classes and needed to go to the tutoring center to get caught up on materials that I miss. The economics tutor that was helping me with my stats class was also a finance and economics double major like myself. And so I asked him what he was going to do with his degrees. And he was actually in the middle of recruiting for an internship as an investment banker. After hearing how intense and competitive that recruiting process was, that naturally piqued my interest. I did some more research that evening and quickly knew that this was a job that I wanted to pursue. The role allowed me to continue to expand on my knowledge and interest in both corporate finance as well as macroeconomics. And I was working with uh, very driven people who are very ambitious and in a team environment. I went back to that tutor, Justin Bagley, who's now a friend of mine, and told him that I wanted to become an investment banker. And he gave me the resources and guidance needed to navigate that process. Uh, stay disciplined, worked hard, did all the right things, and, and got lucky to be able to land an internship that turned into a full-time role. And that is what I'm currently doing in New York City. Anyways, that's a little view of myself and my journey with the beautiful game of soccer. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to listen and support this podcast. It is very much appreciated. I am super excited to have my guests come share their stories with you all. Until next time, be kind to yourself, be kind to others. Much love.